Hey mama, welcome to the Lovely Life Podcast. I'm Amy, a wife, mother, and nurse turned spiritual life coach who has spent a majority of her life doing all the things I thought I was supposed to do. Until one day I realized that by doing the things I thought I should do, instead of the things that my intuition was calling me to do, I was single-handedly sabotaging my own life, marriage, career, and relationships. It's my belief that every woman was put on this earth to do incredible things, no matter what that looks and feels like for her. It's my passion to help other women like me take back their personal power and realize how truly incredible and capable they are of changing their own story and finally living the lovely, fulfilling, and aligned life that their heart and soul truly craves. I'm so glad you're here, and it's my sincerest hope that by sharing my own journey navigating through personal growth, marriage, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and building a life I love to wake up to, you feel empowered to do the same. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Lovely Life Podcast. I have such a special episode for you today. Today, I am finally getting to share my positive, natural birth story for baby number two. My son, Heath Declan Arner, was born June 9th, 2022, and we are literally so over the moon with him and just beyond relieved and happy and excited that he's here and I'm so like still I don't I don't even know if I have the words to explain all the emotions that I am feeling currently but I definitely wanted to share this while it is still so fresh in my brain and obviously I have shared in last week's episode and all so many episodes leading up to now about what a journey this has been so I can't wait to just kind of bring it all together and fill you in on all of the all of the details all of what happened leading up to Heath's arrival and um you know I will forewarn you like I have said on every episode I'm here to be real with you I'm going to share the the TMI details. I'm going to share everything. Uh, this is gonna, a very unedited version of you know what happened, and so just prepare for that, um, <laughs> and prepare for baby noises, because um, my little dude is literally curled up right next to me. So yeah, let's dive in. So. I will take you back to last Sunday. So last Sunday I recorded my episode per usual and I talked all about my fears about, you know, baby number two. And um, a lot of that was just the unknown of when he, he, she was going to come. Um, And that was very much the headspace that I was in. I was just in this awful... 
I hate to say it, but it was just this really hard mental game. Um, if you've been pregnant, you you know what I'm talking about. You know it's it's the unknown, it's the what if, it's the wanting to be as prepared as you can, but knowing you'll never be prepared, and just and and having a child already just adds a whole new layer of anxiety to it for me, which was a whole different and new experience this time around and I really was struggling with it so pretty much after Sunday um, Monday and Tuesday I started to have what I would would call like prodromal early labor um, I started having regular contractions you know I knew they weren't Braxton Hicks they were lasting at times for over an hour um, and they were like stronger intensity, totally could breathe through them, talk through them, all the things. But um, I was just like, oh my gosh, this could be it. But like clockwork, you know, that would happen. That happened Monday evening, it happened Tuesday evening. And um, they'd come and then they'd go. And what I realized was that I was pretty much... <sighs> I was pretty much mentally blocking my body from going into labor um, because I had such a fear, like such a concern about when I went into labor and what that would mean and do for Rhett. Like, you know, I didn't want to disrupt his day. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want, definitely didn't want to like get him out of bed in the middle of the night, but I also really didn't want to have my parents have to come over in the middle of the night. I didn't want to deal with that stress and like, you know, the stress of what that would put my husband through, um, which in turn just puts more stress on the mom, right? Like, let's be real, you know, you are still kind of, <laughs> and I'll get into this a little bit more when I was actually in labor, but you still have to like, you're still the, the leader of the pack, like you're the, you're running this show. Um, and as much as I'm so grateful for my husband and he definitely did, you know, step up in ways that I needed him to and ways I didn't expect him to even still, you know, there's, you still have to be your own like guru. You have still have to be the advocate and you're still the mom and you're still going to worry. There's still going to be that like layer of concern so it got to be Wednesday night, Wednesday, and I woke up Wednesday and I um, remember just kind of feeling a little defeated because Tuesday I had gone for a walk, I did my normal like um, routine, and then I realized that I really wasn't like allowing my body to go into labor. You know, a good my mentor, my coach um, on our weekly call kind of pointed out to me that, you know, your body goes into labor. It needs to feel safe to go into labor. And, you know, with you being so go, go, go and just doing all of these things, like I was, I was landscaping basically our entire property. I was cleaning and just just doing I was just doing I don't even you know it was like nesting on steroids um 
and at that point I knew it kind of crossed the boundary of like you know I think there was this underlying fear of mine that my my mentor helped bring out of me that you know that I can't control it you know that I can't control when it happens and that I'm doing all these things trying to like I don't know probably subconsciously like control when labor comes you know and I it really kind of shook me and upset me at first because I knew she was right and I knew that was what was happening um so after that I took the rest of the day like she challenged me I challenged myself that I was just going to start relaxing I was going to focus on relaxing and letting my body do its thing so I ended up taking a bath that afternoon and I just focused on chilling out and that evening is when I had like you know another round of really consistent contractions they were about eight minutes apart and they were lasting they lasted like over an hour um but then they fizzled off and they fizzled off around dinner time when Rhett was around when we were all hanging out and Rhett you know at this point you know he definitely knew something was up and he was very clingy to me and has just been like super emotional um so that inherently is what I think was stopping my labor is that I would get into this concerned mother mode of like caring for him mothering him and it was like I wasn't in tune with what my body was trying to do because mentally I was trying to know I need to be here for Rhett like I need to take care of Rhett and Rhett's feelings and all of that so that fizzled off um but they still kept like coming irregular you know not in frequency but they were like still coming throughout the night I slept that night woke up the next day and um again I just was like I felt frustrated because I knew that I needed to like relax and that was really I could do that while Rhett was gone at daycare but um I knew he was going to come home and I knew that around five o'clock he was going to come home and then it just kind of opened up this new what if time of the day well if I'm not in labor by then you know what do I do do we just do dinner do we lay him down do we just try again the next day like it just created all this like unnecessary fear I guess and worry that I really shouldn't have been worrying about but I was and the best thing that I could have done is admit that to myself because once I admitted it I could do something about it so it happened again that evening but this time these contractions were like definitely picking up intensity um contrary to like the night before these contractions when they came around you know that five o'clock hour were a bit stronger and they were giving me that uneasy feeling of like okay this is different um and I remember I was timing them they continued they continued all through dinner they continued after dinner but then again like 
as soon as I sat down to like relax or like be like with Rhett and Nate, um, I and like play with Rhett or whatever, I felt them kind of fizzling off. And so I called the labor unit and I explained to them like what was happening. And they talked, told me what I needed and knew I needed to do. Basically that I needed to come up with a plan for Rhett and I needed to just do it because I wasn't letting myself, you know, go into labor. And so we made the decision, you know, I called my mom and I was, I think, crying at this point because I just felt so guilty. I just felt so guilty because I didn't want to leave Rhett. I didn't want to admit that I couldn't really relax with him around because I already was like, you know, dealing with all these emotions and feelings about bringing another baby into our family and him no longer being the only baby in our family. Um, hold on, Bubba. Let's see here. And my mic is totally going to fall over, but let's see. Let's see if we can do this. Really, like, as much as it really sucked doing it in the moment, as soon as he was gone, it felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I could just have go to bed like with peace of knowing that if my labor picks up and I need to go into the hospital in the middle of the night or whatever that I don't have to worry about him he's safe he's taken care of and we can just do this thing um so that was definitely like a huge turning point for me um and this story and the turn of events was making that decision to have Rhett go and stay with my parents. Um, so that night after, uh, Nate took him, I ended up trying to go to sleep and with these contractions coming intermittently, um, not, you know, in any real pattern, they were strong, but I felt like, okay, well, I need to at least try to go to sleep and see how close I get to tomorrow. <laughs> um, so I went to bed and yeah, I, I did sleep. Um, I do remember feeling like I woke up relatively ever so often with these contractions, just them being, again, not like they weren't super duper painful or anything like that, just uncomfortable, just something that like, like period cramp, you know, coming, a, a strong period cramp coming out of nowhere, um, that just kind of did, doesn't allow you to really like fully sleep through it, <laughs> so come 3 a.m., 3.30, I decided like, all right, I've tried sleeping long enough, I'm just going to shower, and I'm going to soak in the tub, and start my day and just again focus on relaxing and seeing if this I can get this to pick up so I that's what I did and that really truly was such a nice like part of the day and that's why like I think I worried so much like a whole nother layer to this is because I had been preparing 
this whole pregnancy, like reading, you know, I did hypnobirthing with my first labor. And this labor, um, or this pregnancy, I really, my, what I, my biggest takeaway from Rhett's delivery was that I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. I wanted to be in the hospital as little as possible. Um, and I just kept praying for a swift, safe, healthy, pain-free birth. And I know, like, you're probably laughing at the, you know, the pain-free part, but I truly believed after, you know, my research and just my experience with Rhett's birth that, you know, I had studied the Bradley method, this, this whole pregnancy. I read the Bradley method book. Um, I watched probably hundreds of birth stories, not all with the Bradley method, but just like using, you know, hypnobirthing or just, you natural births just filling my mind flooding my mind with all these stories of different births and how they happened and um you know inductions and non-inductions and fast births and drawn out ones like I just this is like my number one best tip I would give to any mom or expecting mom is to just watch as many birth stories of the kind of birth that you want to have as possible you know, because again, nothing's ever going to go af- like completely as planned, but the more that you can prepare yourself, like with all these scenarios of like seeing women and how they conquered and persevered and managed, it's, it's just going, you think it, you don't realize how much it helps you until you're in it and you're, you're experiencing your labor and you realize that you did pick up all of these little tidbits um and it just gives you so much more courage and strength in my opinion but anyway so I was studying the Briley method and that was my hope and desire was to practice this um method and so the whole theory around the Bradley method is that um is teaching you um relaxation techniques you know breathing techniques mantras positions to labor in that focus on you relaxing your entire body and your mind as much as humanly possible to allow your body your uterus to do its thing you know it's it it walks you through the physiology of what's actually happening in labor um with your uterus and just you know, how this bag of muscles is contracting and working to bring your baby down, bring to open up, to dilate. And so it just kind of gives you this whole different perspective of what a contraction is and what like the different stages of labor and what those stages of labor are doing and how they're helping you get closer to meeting your baby. So it really, you know, in the the what this really focuses on is again is least as little intervention medical intervention as possible um you know because women have been having babies for thousands you know we've been having babies this whole time right and what i felt like with rhett's birth is like there was so much intervention and it all worked out And I was able to do it unmedicated and, you know, despite the interventions that occurred and, 
the way his labor, like his delivery, like came to be, you know, I don't regret any of it, but I just really wanted to do my best this time to trust my body, listen to my body and, um, let it do its thing and be in the comfort of my own home as long as possible so that I didn't have, you know, to spend dwell time in the hospital laboring. Um, so I just kept praying for it. And that morning, you know, was such a peaceful time. Like, although I still didn't know what was coming, um, you know, later that day and how my labor was going to progress, it still was such like a peaceful morning. I ended up out on the couch and I just was doing my positions from the Bradley method and I was doing the mile circuit, which again, I will put that in the show notes. I'll put both of everything in the show notes. I'll put the Bradley method book. Um, I'll put my favorite birth story and I will put the link for the mile circuit so I was doing the mile circuit almost daily leading up to um probably started like over that weekend leading up um to help baby like get into position because I wondered if maybe that was part of the reason why my labor wasn't like picking up was because his head wasn't like necessarily in the right spot you know on my cervix to like get things going so I did that and I ended up just kind of like snoozing on the couch in the early morning like it was like coming to be 5 a.m this it was a rainy morning and it was just I was timing my contractions and but the same thing was kind of happening they were coming regularly and then I felt myself like dozing off and then they'd kind of slow down and fade off so so by this point Nate was waking up and although I you know was kind of feeling like that defeatedness a little bit no it's you know realizing that my contractions still weren't like staying consistent um I knew that Rhett was at daycare and he was with my parents and we both, I just felt this ultimate like feeling of like, well, my only job right now is to let my body do its thing. And I think giving myself that release and that permission was so vital um, because, you know, Nate woke up and he was pretty much on the same page. He's like, well, we have nowhere to be. We have nothing like you know, it's, there's no timeline here. Like, you know, you just let me know when you want to go or what you're feeling and we'll go. So that's kind of just what happened is I woke up, I had a little, um, a little bit of breakfast and I was just like on my ball. And then it was like, literally we had that exchange. We had that conversation. And then I got this really like much more intense contraction out of nowhere and I was like oh okay so that happened and I kind of at this point was just like all right like just go do stuff like go go do your thing like go work on the baby room or something and I just was like all right I'm just gonna like see where this goes so that continued to kind of just happen they 
I noticed that I wasn't really timing them at this point because I was just like, I really, I didn't want to get in my head again. And so I was just like letting them come and I was just doing my thing, hanging out in my, my room, the living room. Um, I think I showered again. I don't know what I did. Got ready. Um, and all the while I'm doing this, these contractions keep coming and they're definitely like starting to get a little stronger and where like I definitely I could still talk through them but I I it helped me to pause and like sway or just focus on my breathing more um when they came so around 9 30 what I didn't mention is that this at this point on Thursday I had a scheduled ultrasound so because at this point I was over 40 weeks uh, I was 40 weeks four days and because I was quote-unquote past due they wanted me to have an ultrasound to like check fluid levels check making sure like baby is okay so again one of those intervention things that you know once you go over like their their comfortable marker which is typically your 40 week due date um they that's when they start bringing up induction and you know they have you have that's when last time I had a non-stress test scheduled for rat and an ultrasound following that Friday that he was born um that's when it was during the non-stress test that I realized um I didn't know yet that I was in labor and that's when his heart rate kind of dipped and that's what sent me over to the hospital to they said I was going to be induced if I didn't go into labor naturally and thankfully I did but that's kind of like what happened so this time um it's kind of ironic just to think about it because Heath was also born at 40 weeks, four days, just like Rhett was, and it, it all had to do around these this appointment, you know, and so I had this appointment scheduled at 11:30, and so it was getting to be like nine. Um, it was between nine and 9:30, and I finally decided to like call my girlfriend. Um, my girlfriend, my neighbor, she is a labor and delivery nurse, and um, I at this point Nate was see, had seen me have a few contractions and he was like uh don't wait too long because last time you know things really picked up pretty quickly and I don't want us to be like rushing to the hospital uh to have this baby so just like you know let me know and so I didn't know though that's what was very frustrating and like for me is that you know before with Rhett my water broke and then this the heart rate dip and they told me they sent me to the hospital and like you're having this baby and then my water really broke and so like I didn't have to like judge my contractions the first time around um so this time it was like a whole different experience for me and it was way more mental like way harder to for me to like make that call you know because again I wanted to stay home as long as possible but I didn't want to wait too long oh my god and so I finally called her and I told her what was happening and I told her my predicament and she agreed that it sounded like I was just like on the edge like I was on the edge of active labor and I really just needed like a tipping point 
um, to really get things going. So she suggested, oh no, oh no, we have the hiccups. So she suggested that we have sex. <laughs> She's like, have you had sex? I was like, yes, but not in the last couple days. Cause like, who wants to have sex? I'm sorry, but who wants to have sex when they're that pregnant? But anyway, she suggested that we do that because she said if you call if you were if you called me and I was at work you know we ask women this all the time like because again it's like if you want to get contractions going one of the best natural things you can do is to have sex so I was like all right well I got nothing left to lose and I have this appointment so I guess we'll just like I'll see what happens and worst comes to worst we go to the appointment and um I have the ultrasound and like whatever but we'll give it a try <laughs> so I literally hung up the phone and went and got Nate and I was like let's do this and <laughs> we both were very reluctant to do it because of the situation <laughs> but we both like literally laugh about it um in hindsight because it was just one of those one of those awkward moments as a couple where you just like know you're doing this because you love each other <laughs> but like it's not how like ideal for either one of you so oh my god so we did that and literally I kid you not within like 20 minutes my contractions like changed um it was like they I remember having a contraction literally mid intercourse <laughs> um which was very uncomfortable and then like they kind of stalled off for a little bit and then all of a sudden they picked back up so I was like let's get out of here like let's get out of the house do something be and like kind of like make our way slowly into town um toward and like we'll bring our bags you're coming with me to this appointment so if something happens you're with me whatever but I can't like stay here right now it's like too in my head to like be at the house so we got in the car and we like made our way like we stopped at Dunkin got iced coffees kind of like we're acting like all right let's go to Lowe's and pick out the paint for the paint baby's room like pick out new paint and then like we'll just see what we can like what we get done and all the while legit I kid you not I'm having these contractions and they're coming like every one to four minutes um apart I'm timing them and I like think I took two or three sips of my iced coffee my small iced coffee mind you in total and um you know he's like oh let's stop at this garage sale and I'm like having contraction <laughs> and we finally like make it to Lowe's and I'm about to get out of the car and I have another one and I just like pause in the door of the car like to let it pass and all this time I'm just like kind of still in denial because it's almost you want to be you want it to be the real thing so badly but yet you're also like oh my god this is, is this a real thing and so I just was trying to play this mind game with myself of like almost 
telling myself like just not going there not letting myself like believe that it was the real thing yet um so we get done with Lowe's I had another contraction walking out of Lowe's we were literally only in there for like five minutes um because we just ended up getting paint samples I couldn't like pick a color (laughs) and um we get in the car and we like kind of it's quarter to 11 at this point my ultrasound's at 11 30 and I it like we're on our way heading to the hospital like because the uh, medical group that I go to is right across the street and I'm saying to my husband I don't think I'm going to the ultrasound and he's like yeah and I was like yeah <laughs> and we get up the street and he's like well what parking lot do you want me to pull into and I said just go into the medical group like and we'll assess we'll reassess and so we literally park and I start I have another contraction and this time like this one like shakes me a little bit to the point where I'm like I'm feeling pressure like these are definitely getting more intense all right I'm just gonna call and so I called the labor unit and I told them where I was and what was happening and that I was getting a lot of like lower pressure and I wasn't really sure what I should do and they're like yeah we're gonna have you come over here (laughs) we're gonna call over and cancel your ultrasound and why don't you just make your way up here and we'll get you settled in and I was like okay so (laughs) we literally pull out and cross the street and waddle our way up to the labor unit and um you know, I remember feeling like this sense of like, are they going to believe me? Like, do they believe that I'm actually in labor? You know, because you always just wonder like, you know, that they're always judging you by like how you're breathing and like all that stuff. And I'm just like, at this point, I don't know. I am just like, please, Lord, let me be dilated and let this be it because I really can't stand it if it's not (laughs) and so I they take me to a room and let me don't me get changed because they're going to check me and someone would be in the doctor would be in and that was like around 11 30 so I change and I sat in the bed for maybe like three minutes but I was like at this point I was like I can't lay in this bed at that point I really was uncomfortable like sitting down um like I'm not someone that can just like sit on my bottom like at that point it's like I I remember with Rhett like I couldn't stand the pressure um so that was another like sign to me like because obviously I'd been in the car um before this but you know, I remember being on the bed and just like, I had to get up. Like I had, I, when my contractions would come, like I couldn't just like sit there. And so I was like, where is this doctor? (laughs) Um, so finally like right at noon, uh, they come in and check me and I was four and a half centimeters dilated and fully effaced and at zero station. So he's like, oh yeah, you're in labor. Um, and they had asked me like, you know, when's the last time you've been checked? And I hadn't been checked since my 38 week appointment because that was the only time I got checked and I was one and a half centimeters and 50% of face then. So literally the day before I had had, um, 
I think it was the day before or two days prior, I had had a non-stress test um, and my 40-week appointment, and we opted, she didn't think, you know, we opted not to check me because ultimately, like, she knew kind of where I was at. Like, I didn't want it to, like, get in my head how dilated I was, but it did you know, it was like this, like, oh my gosh, like you haven't been checked. Like, you know, what are you? (laughs) And so, um, that was at first I was like, oh my God, that's it. But then I was like, holy, that must've all like happened relatively quickly throughout this morning. So they immediately like got us a room. So I remember looking at the clock and it was like 1205 when we got into our room and you know I was on my birthing ball and they did my IV and blood draw and COVID test and all this crap um (laughs) that I remember like again it's just one of those things like if I if we ever have another baby I totally want to try and plan to do a home birth and like I said that's a big what if I don't think we are at this point I I really don't think we're going to have another baby, but, um, that was my one slight subtle regret with this pregnancy is that I didn't do plan for that. You know, I didn't think of it and I didn't prepare for it soon enough. Um, I just feel like that would have changed my whole experience. But, um, so I stayed, you know, I was just kind of like doing my thing, had my head down, like laboring through my contractions in between talking to them and um them doing stuff to me but as soon as they were done I asked for like pillows I was like can I get like three or four more pillows because for the Bradley method one of the big the big position like that they teach you is like basically to prop your knees up prop your legs and your side lying and you're you have got your knees up on a couple pillows you've got your arms up on pillows and your head and you're basically just trying to support every surface of your body and melt into the bed um, you're just trying to relax as deeply as possible to allow yourself to dilate so that's what I did I got up on the bed and I started on my left side and I an hour later I um I don't know why I think I requested that they check me because and I was seven and a half centimeters dilated so I went from four and a half to seven seven and a half in an hour um and then at or about like a little over an hour I went uh to seven and a half that was like 120. I had Nate. This time I also made, had Nate like time out things, like put in his note section of when things were happening so I didn't forget. And then an hour later, I started to feel like I kind of was needing, wanting to push. Like the pressure was intensifying and I was feeling like want, I wanted to kind of give in to the pressure when it came and like kind of push with it. So I told the nurse this, and by this point, I had switched over to my right side um, because they recommend that every 30 to 60 minutes you switch sides, like of what side you're laying on. So I had switched over to my right side, and I told my nurse that I felt like I needed to push, and everyone, she brought everyone in there, 
and they started like setting up for me to push and the doctor comes in and at this point my water still hadn't broken which was totally different from my first labor because I was shocked that my my water had not broken on its own um and every contraction as these were like happening especially after like when I after seven centimeters I'm like oh my god how is this is gonna be it this is it this is the contraction that's gonna break my water and they and it didn't and I was just like blown away but he comes in and I was eight and a half centimeters and I was just like really <laughs> like that's it <laughs> like I'm not complete and you know you can't explain like I, if you've been in labor you get it but it, if not you can't explain the you know at this point it's like I was so like in the zone when I was doing my my in my labor like there was I wasn't talking to anyone I was just mantraing in my own head on my inhale I was saying you got this you got this you got this and on the exhale I was saying power and pressure not pain power and pressure not pain you know because that's one of the things that again I, I learned and I've heard from so many birth stories of women that do have done the Bradley method that they truly believe and you know think of it as not painful but this intense pressure and I 1000% agree with that um, because I I don't know how else I would have gotten to eight and a half centimeters without like you know without you know giving myself that pep talk of like this isn't painful this is pressure this is powerful and with every surge every contraction I was just trying to envision this wave that was opening up my cervix opening me up and pushing my baby down and but this is where things kind of turned so at eight and a half centimeters he asked me you know do you want me to break your waters they, they they're very they're breakable like I they, I could easily break your water right now and I said do you think that will dilate me faster and he says it's known to dial, help things escalate much quickly uh, more quickly so I was like well yeah I guess so yeah like do it and this is one again a slight like if I could go back and change anything I might have held off on that <laughs> because the thing about I know now and I couldn't really compare it to anything before late before with Rhett my late my water broke and so I labored like majority of my labor with my water broken so I always felt that pressure of the head like being right there like almost like bone to bone but at this point I think I was you know able to do so well this time like in a different way because I had my water intact and it was kind of giving me that barrier um, still between his head and like the rest my pelvis and when that water was broken that's like when the contractions definitely became so much more intense um, which I knew and expected, but like to experience the change was so different. So this is when I started to kind of feel like I was losing my mental composure. And so this is sort of my my opinion of like about the pain part, um, because 
I don't necessarily feel like it got more painful, but it definitely changes to this point in labor where like you feel so it's it's this fear that comes from feeling so out of control like you can't stop what's happening like you can't stop the contraction you can't stop that intense pressure that's building you can't stop the urge to push and I think what it is is sort of just that unraveling of fear that you know because the contraction itself really is like a super intense period cramp at least for me that's kind of how I and I like this is so bizarre because this was all like happening in my head um of like me just like trying to like talk and coach myself through this of like this is power and pressure not pain this is power and pressure not pain but but what it became to feel like you know I can't like I need help like I need to get this baby out and then the fear that kind of kicks in of like I can't like there's no one helping me like no one at this point when I was saying I needed to push um I started to feel very quickly like I needed to push so he broke my water I think at between 4 220 and 230 or around 230 he broke my water and within you know a blink of an eye I started to feel like I needed to push again and I but this time it was like okay I'm going to die or <laughs> aka I'm going to like like my insides are just coming out of me and you can't stop it and so I remember saying to Nate Nate like don't like what's happened like what's going on no one's helping me and what I kept hearing them say is that the doctor was on a phone call or something. He was on the phone. And so I, she was stalling me. She was like, she just kept telling me, I know you need to push. Like, I know those little, you know, little pushes are okay. And I was just like, I'm pushing. Like, I'm pushing. Like, I, I don't care what you say. I'm pushing. Like, where, I, where is he? Why aren't you helping me? I started to say these things. And, like, this is also where um, my, I, up until this point, I was just breathing. But this is when I started to get, like, vocal. I remember, like, moaning through my contractions, like, on the exhale especially, was all I could do to kind of, like, ride through the pressure um, building with that transition and I was just like gutturally moaning and started to kind of like just push with my contractions and um so thank god with in uh, you know I don't know how long of a time frame probably 15 minutes this went on of me just kind of like feeling kind of abandoned because I just this is what I remember feeling with Rhett, except at that point, I do feel like they, um, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect, but this time I was just like, I wish someone was coaching me right now, like, you know, or at least like just a nurse from a nursing perspective. I wish someone had been a little bit more like present to what was happening for me and, instead of like kind of ignoring it because the doctor wasn't in the room so that was the only like if there was anything negative about my experience 
that is truly all I can say is and that I think just comes from the the hospital environment is that you know they you know are nurse you know are waiting on the doctor so whatever so he comes in and at this point I they're setting me up they you know for me to push and I really wanted to like use gravity as much as possible and I was still on my side and so I would like was asking for them to help me like sit up and um they wanted me to put my legs in the stirrups and I remember kind of like fighting them on that like why do you want me to put my legs in the stirrups last time they didn't do that they just held my legs and um you know they started to have me like he coached was starting to coach me through pushing and I openly admit he's like do you remember how to push no I do not like I need you I need you to coach me and um I like thank god he did because I really don't remember like it's just like there's so much about this that I keep saying I don't remember but it really is real that you block it out like you it's like amnesia like there's so there's big things you remember but then there's things that you really just don't because it's almost like a protector mechanism otherwise why would you ever want to have another baby (laughs) because you don't want to remember the traumatizing parts you want to remember you you remember all like the good stuff right and um so he coached me and I started pushing at three and he was born at 321 so obviously you know through this the hardest part for me was just um keeping my mental composure of like I I, again I think at this point I just was thinking like there's so many people in the room I need help um you know I they were telling me to pull my legs back and crunch down and all this and I like was asking them to like help me do that like asking people to hold my legs or help me crunch forward or do something because I do remember feeling like so tired at this point um and so I just felt like this need to advocate for myself um which I'm really proud of myself for doing but I do feel like that was just one of the part of the experience that I feel like just heightened the um intensity for me and I'm just so grateful because at one point he told me you know Amy one more push like that and your baby's gonna be here and I said to him don't make false promises you can't keep and it was just like this comic relief that I think we all needed or I needed and my doctor was so calm and I needed that so badly like just a very laid-back demeanor and nothing's nothing's an issue it's all gonna be good um and that really helped me just like ground myself through the kind of chaos that was like going on in my head and he I remember pushing and I feeling his head come out and then like him telling me to pause and then give another push and I remember thinking there's no way I'm not getting this baby out like and I push and then I push like again and I felt him come out 
and he came right up on my chest and as he was coming up on my chest he peed and so the doctor is literally yelling out what is it dad <laughs> as this baby is peeing like in my face um not literally but literally um and we knew it was a boy so I was just I can't explain to you after that like the flow flood of emotion that hit me like I felt such overwhelm of relief that he was there and he was on me and I started like immediately bawling because I do feel like I immediately felt this like shock of like in a little bit of like um sadness that it wasn't a girl but then this also this like mix this joy because I had a healthy like a baby boy on me and it was so bizarre like I I think I truly was just like in this conflict of emotion and my body started shaking like I was trembling all over and I was crying and I remember apologizing to everyone like I apologized to my nurse I was like I'm sorry I got so bitchy at the end (laughs) and I kept like just saying sorry I think because like I said I felt in my head I felt like I was um like I I was I got out of control at that end point you know I like I said I I don't remember being so vocal like I don't remember being vocal with Rhett um and just to go from feeling so in control to then feeling so out of control that was really like I just didn't like that feeling um but they all just kept telling me like how amazing I did and how I wasn't like you know bitchy or as bad as I thought I was and Nate told me that 15 million times um and he was crying I was crying but I truly do like am so thankful you know that we have another little boy and he is just absolutely perfect and precious and was worth every bit of the emotion and like work <laughs> leading up to when he arrived um this truly was like this pregnancy was beyond in so many ways for me it it was all that kept happening and coming up for me was this word was surrender like the word surrender just came up for me in so many ways so many times throughout this pregnancy of in just like my personal growth a lot you know my personal journey um with with parenting with Rhett with this labor and just you know trusting and recognizing that I cannot do everything by myself that I am not alone that I am supported that I am capable that I am strong that you know my fears like are not real you know that I can be an incredible mom and chase my dreams I can do whatever I set my mind to and I proved that to myself with this, you know, and I, I prayed for it. And although I couldn't visualize like exactly what it was going to be, and there's so much that I didn't know that what to expect, 
you know, most of all, to just like what he or she was going to be, I trusted and I went with it and I kept giving in and I kept trusting and I kept surrendering and I just feel so thankful that he was born so safely and healthy and it was fast, (laughs) you know, when it all is said and done, when it all kicked off, my contractions really like started, you know, at 9.45 that morning and he was born at 3 p.m. So, or, you know, 3.20. So I'm just so thankful for how it, it ultimately all flowed. I wasn't in the hospital long before he was born. We weren't, we were able to get sent home the very next day, um, like right at 24 hours, we were able to go home. And these last couple days have been so, like, just, again, like, I just feel so grateful that we have him here and that he, he is who joined our family. Um, oh my God, (laughs) I I didn't think I was going to cry, but I'm just, like I said, he's just beyond precious and it's definitely still been like a huge journey of just, you know, him and Rhett and just the expanding of our family, but it's so beautiful and it's hard and it's, you know, again, there's so much I forgot about newborn life and just, but yet there's, it also feels so, it feels so right. I, I can't explain it. Like, yeah, like the being up in the middle of the night and the, the, the gas pain that he's had, you know, like that newborn stuff is like so hard, like your milk coming in and just breastfeeding and all that stuff. Like it's, it's, I don't want to say easier because that's not, that's not the right word, but I just, like I said, I think is that I've been so, I mean, I can do this, you know, I've, I've prepared myself for this and I've been through it and you know, it's, it's got new challenges now, and it's just like, I'm just a different person, and that's so beautiful, and just, I don't know, and just, I'm allowing myself more grace this time, and just allowing myself more presence, and to be present in these moments, and this little baby, and, um, you know, just, for exactly where I am and that feels really good and it feels like I'm I don't know what's coming but I just know it's going to be okay and I know it's going to be better than I expected and I'm just so so grateful I'm just grateful that he's here and it all worked out and how incredible is it that both my babies were born and like the same day and it was all meant to be and it was all you know the universe god he knew what was coming and it all worked out so that's my story so heath declan arner we love there's really no like 
true special like meaning why we pick the names other than we do know I do know that Heath means like strength um and Declan is like a man of like goodness prayer um just like a well-respected man among the community like that's like the meaning of Declan we just love the names I don't know when we were picking out boy names we just kind of came we you knew we wanted something different just like we love Rhett and we loved we love Rhett's name we just wanted something different but not like you know too different <laughs> I don't know but we just love it and I still am gonna keep my girl name you know under wraps because I love that name and if by chance we do ever have another baby I was just gonna hold on to that for for me so um but he was seven pounds 12 ounces so two ounces lighter than Rhett when he was born and 20 and a half inches long which I think Rhett was 20 inches or 19 and a half I think Rhett was like a little shorter than Heath is and um slightly a little chunkier so but he's just perfect and he's so sweet and he's been such a mellow little baby of course he's cried you know here and there but all in all he's just he's just I don't know Nate and I are just so in love with him so thank you so much for just listening to my story I feel like so much of it is just I wanted to share that leading up piece and just because I know it's such a mental game and if there's anything I wish I could just you know shout and share from the rooftops is just how strong I think women are and what what pregnancy and birth like it's such a testimony of like what you're capable of and what like a co-creator you are you know and how so much like you truly can achieve and do anything I think if you can do that you can do anything and I don't you know this I really share the the fact I wanted to share my story not because I feel like I'm better than anybody else or that you need to do a certain way but that when you follow what you truly desire for yourself you know I just think that's so amazing you know I truly believe that every woman should just follow what her body and her heart and her mind wants for her her journey her her birth her labor uh, her family you know and it takes so much strength to advocate for that no matter what that looks like and whatever that is and to surrender to all the uncontrollables that come along with it and you know I (laughs) so again you are amazing mothers you are amazing and I am just so grateful for this community and for this platform to be able to share here and I hope you enjoyed our birth story so I will see you guys in the next episode and I cannot wait to share more of this new chapter and this new season (sighs) and all that comes with it. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Lovely Life Podcast. If you resonated with this episode, please take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at Lovely Life Tribe Co. Because if you connected with this episode, it's likely your other friends will too. So until next time, keep growing, keep shining, and keep building that life.